today is about my Kickstarter. It's called the Complete NES. Uh, it's a three-part campaign. Uh, the first part is the NES Collector's Guide. This is the artwork for the Collector's Guide. Um, it was done by Joe Simcoe. He actually does Garbage Pail Kids for Tops. Um, so it's like the new reversion of Garbage Pail Kids. So yeah, Joe Simcoe did the artwork. Um, this is a promotion box, um, and it was for too many games. The first 10 backers of my Kickstarter are getting a copy of the box. Um, I launched Friday at 3 o'clock. And we're at about two thirds right now funding for 15 grand. Um, the and that goes for the second part of the project. The second part of the project is going to be an NES RPG. And in the RPG, the focus is to collect video games. It's called Jeffrey Whitney's Black Box Challenge. And in the game, your goal is to collect the complete NES Black Box collection which is those first games for the Nintendo, and they all have that similar black box look to them. Uh, games like what, Super Mario Brothers, Hogan's Alley, uh, games like that. Um, and what was cool was, is I actually am collaborating with Sly Dog Studios. Does anybody know who Sly Dog Studios is? A couple, I know he's from Nintendo Ace, so he, he definitely does it. Huge Nintendo Ace poster. Um, and what they've done is Sly Dog for the past, since 2008, has been programming for the NES and releasing games, physical games for the NES. So when I say this is going to be an RPG, this is going to be an RPG playable on a Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, um, and the, the key here is is that we're on Kickstarter right now, um, and in order to go to Kickstarter, you don't want to go there being a first-time publisher, being a first-time game maker. Because for people to actually invest their money in you, what you want to do is have proof of concept. So this is my second book. I've already had a book published. It was called Hidden Treasures. And basically it took every single gaming generation. I took five games, I reviewed them thoroughly, and talked about why they're hidden, and like basically like hidden gem videos you see nowadays. Um, I actually called the book Hidden Gems, and the publisher changed it to Hidden Treasures. Uh, since that publisher's gone, now I'm going to change it back to Hidden Gems, and that's a stretch goal, to actually add the current generation to it, and get artwork from Joe Simco. So I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, that's one of the stretch goals, though. Uh, back to the NES RPG, though. Uh, Sly Dog Studios is currently developing it, and that's where the Kickstarter aspect comes in more importantly than the book, because the book is already done. So the people that back the book, as soon as the Kickstarter's done, I'm gonna throw it through editing real quick, because I have a guy that's editing the book, and then um, I'm, I'm gonna publish it and release it. So that way, it'll go out to the backers sooner. Uh, anybody that gets the game it is in development, full NES RPG though, so it's going to take at least a few months for Rob to do it. Um, if anybody knows Rob from Slidehawk Studios, he's actually programmed games like The Mad Wizard and it's only taken him a couple months because he is doing this for a living. He programs games for a living. Um, the Mad Wizard was a platformer style game, and basically what it did was is it did unique things for the NES for the platformer genres because you couldn't jump. But you're a magician and you can hover and you can get different abilities that it, that cause you to do that. Um, and where I'm going with that is with this NES RPG, he's going to do some unique things that have never been done on a Nintendo before. So when you think of NES RPG, what do you what do you guys think? What do you think when you think NES RPG? Final Fantasy. Big Final Fantasy. Okay, so like a turn-based affair, and it's a fantasy-style adventure where you're slaying dragons, right? Uh, what about you? What do you think when you think RPG? Final Fantasy. 
Dragon Quest, exactly. Um, so the, and the differences between a Final Fantasy and a Dragon Quest. Final Fantasy, you see your characters. Dragon Quest is a little more first person where you don't see your characters, but you see the enemy sprites. Um, so Sly Dog, what they're doing is it's going to be turn-based, just like those. Um, I think he's leaning more toward Dragon uh, Quest, uh, Dragon Warrior. Um, he's, learned, he's leaning towards that style where it's more first person, but obviously it'll be set in contemporary times because you're going to collect the black box. Uh, if you look at our actual Kickstarter page, I have a couple screenshots already on there um, from the game. They're already gotten a lot of groundwork for it. Um, basically, it's like a little like GameStop ripoff kind of place where you're gonna go and try to uh, find retro games, because for some reason GameStop got back into retro gaming, so we gotta definitely use their own like game flop type thing. It's pretty funny. Um, but what's really cool is in a temp in a typical RPG, what do you normally do? To, hmm? Grind. That's one thing. But how do you normally gain abilities and things? Leveling up, right? Um, now, how you're going to gain abilities in Black Box Challenge is it's going to be completely tied to collecting the games. So, say you talk with an NPC, they're like, hey, I have you know this copy of Super Mario Brothers. And they want you to you go do your little quest to do the you know verification so you can get that black box. Once you get that game, you don't necessarily gain the ability to jump. You get the game. What you have to what do you do when you get a game in real life? You, you gotta take the game home in the game, you have to take it to your house, put it in your Nintendo, and play a little mini game of Super Mario Brothers, and then it unlocks an ability. And if I can convince Rob, I'm gonna let him let me program the 1K versions of those, because they're gonna be some extremely little like like versions of it ported down to like a 1K series, so like looking more like Atari, because it's gonna be on a TV within the game. So it's gonna look really cool, and basically it'll allow you, because there's over 20 black box games, so we're gonna have 20 different abilities and armor and different aspects to it. You'll be able to get some other ways as well, but I, I think that, like as soon as he told me about that, that's what blew my mind about it, and I'm like, all right, I gotta make some decisions here. This is like six months ago. I'm like, I gotta make decisions here. I gotta, I gotta look into Kickstarter and things like that. Uh, and I mean, because for my side of things on the book, Kickstarter is gonna allow me for more promotion. I mean, because my first book, I had it in some retro game stores that were locally to me. Um, at the time, I lived in Indiana, um, and since I moved out here to the East Coast, I live in Maryland now. Um, it's like I've had some local game stores carry my book, but I didn't get any like know any eyes on it from the uh, global scale like I would have liked to of course because I want people to be able to experience what I'm writing and things like that um, I did though for my first book I got two different awards from uh, Twin Galaxies and Walter Day at different events so I do have a couple awards from for my last book um, and with this book, I know Walter's already like, oh my god, you got you guys got 50% funding in the first day. And he's like, I gotta, and I showed him this artwork and he's like, fell in love with it. I mean, this, this stuff right here blows me away. Um, so with Joe Simcoe, uh, as I said, he's the guy from Garbage Bale Kids. Um, and a lot of people have asked me, well, how do you do something like that? How did you get the guy from Garbage Bale Kids to do your book? And 
at that Twin Galaxies event that I went to, um, I went and went with a buddy, his name's George Lutz, and he's kind of a black sheep of the arcade gaming community. Uh, he said, hey, I, I know this guy over here, he's a pretty cool artist, because he heard about my, my book, and I'm looking for a cover artist. So I'm talking to uh, Joe Simcoe, didn't know who he was. Uh, I saw that he had a couple of different um, series, like the sweet, the sweet Rot, which is like an alternative children's book, which is pretty cool. And he does something called Serial Killers, which is his take on, it's like cereal boxes, but they're like based on serial killers. It's pretty pretty cool. Um, so I saw this, I'm like, well, you're a really good good artist, man. Um, and I told, him, I told him what I'm doing. He's like, oh, I, I definitely would, would want to do some caricatures and some video game stuff. So I'm like, sweet. So I, we worked out some details and things so he could shoot me some information. And then I found out in that conversation that he works for Garbage Pilkies. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, really? Like, I was like, wow. And so when he said this, like, basically what I told Joe was, is I was like, I want something that encompasses the NES. That's all I said. And he sends me a, a, a pencil drawing of this. And basically, um, it was funny because it's like a kid with a backward cap on like we had in the 80s. I mean, that's what we did. Um, and he's blowing into the cartridge because we all had to blow into the Nintendo cartridge to make it work. And all the characters are coming out of it. So it was, it was pretty cool. Um, the, the funny thing was, though, he did make one mistake, which was hilarious. Um, and he, he may have been and he made not Joe. Um, but instead of having, I think it was Ryu Hayabusa, he had Sonic on the cover. <laughs> I explained to him like, no, 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 Sonic wasn't on the NES, man. And so he, he gave me Ryu Hayabusa, but he gave me the, the one from the Ninja Gaiden remake on the Xbox, <laughs> like later on, on the, was it the 360 I think it came out on? So he gave me that version, he had like a little crest on. I'm like, no, no, we gotta, we gotta revive this, dude. It was pretty funny, though. He was like, oh my god, I just Googled, like, you know, he's like, when I was looking up characters, I wanted to get a couple extras, and he's like, yeah, Sonic just popped up, and I'm like, well, that's awesome to draw. Um, so that's that was a really cool story though. And then this one, like I was like, hey man, just give me something that has me on it. And he, he shot me this because I'm always wearing aviator shades and all that. Like anytime anybody sees me outside, I have aviators on. So it's like perfect for like like my wife was like, oh my god, I look just like you. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, the other side to the art piece, though, is that Joe Simcoe is actually going to have a cool, a, a couple cool different options for backers. Um, number one, he's doing a print of it's all the bosses from like the NES, all the like classic bosses. Uh, he asked me to give him a list, so I came up with like my top favorite ones. And I said, in the background, I'd like to see like a big boss from like a Contra or Life Force or something. Guy in the background hanging out. He's going to do like, you know, Bowser and all those. Um, one, I got to make sure those when he sends it to me, make sure that they're the right for the NES one. That's <laughs> very integral. Um, but he's going to do that along with it, so that's pretty cool. Um, and that one's a tier. He also has a tier where you can commission him to draw your like caricature of yourself, caricature of yourself in with your favorite gaming characters, or just of your favorite gaming series. You get a character, like your actual, like a drawing to your specifications, um, which is pretty awesome. Uh, some of the other backer tiers that we had, because I was trying to think outside the box, like what could I do that's cool that would make it worthwhile for backers? So 
because I'm doing this all on my own, I'm not buying in bulk. So the prices are a little bit more than a Collector Vision that just had their Sydney Hunter release. Um, they were doing their boxes a little bit cheaper. So what I did was is I accentuated on that I know a lot of people in the community. And so I'm going to have a poster with mine. Um, my CIDs, they're going to have a bunch of extra different little things uh, and aspects to them. And also some of the higher tier things, I had this guy's name is Fabrio Fabrico, <laughs> and he does these amazing boxes. So he's going to take the Joe Simco artwork pieces, and he actually hand burns them into the boxes, and it looks like a piece of it, it's a piece of art. Um, and those are like the higher tier, like really collectible pieces. So like when you have a you know a limited edition, normally you get limited artwork, um, and actually Rob's going to put some limited comment, content in there too, so that way. The limited game is different than the regular game, so that way the limited people get a special experience with the game. Um, but also that box, though, that just puts it over the top. I've, I've seen his work. Um, I posted a couple examples on the Kickstarter page, but the guy has done such amazing work that I was like, I contacted him like right after I figured out that this was going to be a reality. And I'm like, hey man, uh, you would you like to collaborate? It's like, what's the max you can make? And the max you can make is 10, so there's 10 of those online. That's it. That's all it's ever going to be made of those. And the same thing with these, with this artwork, the limited edition artwork, there's only going to be the amount for the Kickstarter. So, for example, uh, right now I think we have 7 of the wooden box ones left and 8 of the limited box art ones left. If those don't sell, there's not there's gonna be 15 less of these in circulation because I'm not printing extras. Um, what we're backing on Kickstarter is to make the items, so we're not making extras. We're not making 200 books so I can sell them on the side and make a million dollars profit. No, it's we're we're doing this for the Kickstarter backers, and basically it's allowing me to get my product out to as many people as possible. Pretty cool. Um, that was a little general overview. I got a lot more specifics I can go into, but does anybody have any questions at this point on any of the stuff I've talked about? What's up, man? How do you manage to like have the game and then play another game on the screen? Like, pause the screen, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, I haven't seen how he's done it in concept, but I know how I would do it. <laughs> and how I would do it is, so you go into your room, and as soon as you put the, you know, you, you use the action button to play the game, I, what I would do is I would cut to another screen that would be a little more zoomed in so you can actually see what's going on on the screen. And it might have like the back of the guy's head or something, you know, hanging out. And then the game pops up. And it's going to be a very simplified version of each game. Um, I mean, if you've ever seen like a game ported onto the Atari 2600 or something, that's more of like a 1K game, 1K of memory. Uh, so it should be really, really small. Um, also, though, for a homebrew game, this is going to be one of the largest indie-developed Nintendo games that's come out. Um, it has to use a bigger board than most, so it's very limited in who I can go to to help me make these games, the boards. And to cut costs, I'm pretty much doing everything on my own, so this is going to be, I'm going to be busy for a while, uh, but I'm going to pre-do everything. So while he's developing the game, I'm going to be getting all the backer things ready, so when the game's released, it's going out. Um, it's not going to be one of those things, um, if anybody's familiar with Pure Solar, uh, Pure Solar, I back, I back the uh, Dreamcast version, it's been three years, it's, they're finally shipping them out. So it's not going to be a three-year process. It's going to be, it's going to come out around the same time as um, the Retro VGS. So does everybody know what the Retro VGS is? 
Okay, we got one yes, uh, a lot of no. So I'll explain a little bit about what that is because at the, at a, we have a tier for a retro VGS port of Black Box Challenge. Um, and basically what the retro VGS is, is it's going to Kickstarter in about a week or two, and it's going to be a cartridge-based retro system. They have the molds from the Atari Jaguar, and they're gonna have cartridges that play retro games. They already have Pierce Solar going to it, they have Shovel Knight going to it, Mighty Number no. 9, the Intel Craze guys, they're porting their games to it. Um, but also, they have the ability to port things like Nintendo games. So we're able to do a cross-promotion with them, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna try to get a launch title for them with that. So Rob should have that done well before that. Because what we wanna do is we wanna have the game done by about when I plan to have the book released by, and then we got a beta test. Because that's the other thing that Rob is notorious for, is that he actually has people test his games before he releases them to make sure there's not game-breaking bugs and craziness. I saw the, ah, I saw the Culkin style. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, but yeah, like, we, he does a thorough testing that usually takes about a month or two, and I was one of his beta testers for every other game he's released, so it's like, that's how I got to know him on a personal level, and being him and him too. Really cool down to earth guy, I mean, we're, myself and Rob and Joe, we're all family men. Uh, Joe's working on family, Rob has a couple kids, I have a daughter, so we're, we're extremely like personable, we talk to people. Um, the only thing is, is that Rob is the typical programmer. He just wants to program games. So, by himself, he's never released a limited edition. I don't even think, I mean, you can confirm if he's done a boxed release on his own. I don't think he has. He's only had, he's had somebody else, I think for NES Buyers Plan, somebody else made a box for his game. But he's never done a limited release. It's because he's programming games. He has about six or seven games almost finished in development. Um, they're all part of this massive world that he's developing. It's called Candelabra, which the Mad Wizard, which he had released, is a part of, and the Rise of Amandus, which was just released, is also a part of that world. And it's leading up to a first-person action dungeon crawler that is going to be it's called Candelabra Stasio. That's a really cool game too. Um, and what I'm going to do is update backers with a link to the Rise of Amandus because it was just released. So it shows backers that hey, this guy's releasing another game. It just got released. Now its next focus is going to be on Black Box Challenge. Um, we're so close right now to funding that we're to the point where Rob has started to crank down. Because when I was doing all my research for Kickstarter, figured out exactly where to price things, what what point most other Kickstarters have gotten funded, which is around $20,000. Most NES games have gotten funded. Most books have gotten funded somewhere in between, depending on what they're releasing, and artwork projects have gotten in there. We had all three, and I figured, all right, Rob, what price point did you make this game, and it's worth it to you? Because he's a programmer, he does it for a living. Um, and so he stays at home and he programs and watches the kids and all that. Um, so I was like, well, what price point would it be? So the price point that we have set is $15,000. Um, right now we're, at, we're almost at $10,000 in two days. And basically what we're doing now is he should have enough at $15,000 that he's going to make more than he's made on the Mad Wizard and other games that he's released. So basically what it'll do is it'll allow him to put a hold on all his, all his other projects, program this, and then he'll be able to move on to his other ones after that. Um, the other side of this too is that after the game is done and after the backers have gotten all their things, 
Rob's gonna have the game. It's I I didn't buy the license to it, so it's still his intellectual property. He's still gonna be able to sell it later on his own, which I feel is extremely important. Because um, as I've said to people here on the con floor, I'm not Sony releasing Shenmue 3. <laughs> I am one person, Rob is two people, because he's a guy who works on his graphics and does a little bit of the programming too. Um, Slidox is a two-man team, and then Jill Simcoe is a one-person team. So this is like, all of us have our own piece, and we're extremely indie. So basically, um, what we like to do is we like to promote that we're grassroots, and that's why I told every single person I talk to on the floor, I'm like, hey, contact me, we'll collaborate. Um, I will cross-promote you, because you guys are, everybody out here on this floor are doing things independently as well. So, any other questions? That was a really good question, by the way. Thank you. And uh, just so you know, um, a little bit about me, I do run a weekly podcast. It's called VGBS. Video game bull s. It's not an eighteen-year-old panel apparently, but um, I can BS for like the best of them, and that's how our podcast go. We'll come up with the topic, and then the river kind of flows where it flows. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, so if I get off topic, I usually try to circle around. So <laughs> just you know, um, and I do run a blog. I've had a blog going for a little bit. I run ran a website called VG Masters Club for a couple years before that. I had emulation in a browser going. You didn't have to download it. <laughs> I didn't. Those weren't really moneymaker, and, and basically, after doing further education, I became pretty good at writing. I didn't like it when I was in, in, in getting my bachelor's degree in college, but I've really taken to it on stuff that I love. So, video games, that's the world. That's what, that's what I like to do, that's where my passion is. Um, that's why I was here. If you saw me here this weekend, I didn't get a table off around buying stuff and talking to people about their projects because that's what it's all about to me. Any other questions? Oh, here we go. I want to know more about the book. All right. Uh, like what? So, so it's a, it's is it just a like an Overstreet price guide or like what? what what's, what's that's an excellent question, actually. All right. So, where it started, the book. I looked around. I started Google searching. I'm looking for an NES guide because I basically wanted something that looks cool that I could take with me when I'm out here at a convention, game hunting, or out at a store or wherever I'm going. I want something that I can take with me, right? So what I did was, as I looked around, there wasn't anything. There was a couple people that had some guides, but they're more like overviews, and I didn't really like that. I was like, I want a guide that I can take with me that'll never age and will always be relevant. So the first thing I omitted was. Overstreet price guide. I didn't put rarity. I didn't put game prices in it because the thing is, is that right now Mega Man X3 is two hundred twenty dollars. Uh, two years ago, when I was looking at it, I passed it for sixty bucks. Myself a little bit on that, but that's okay. <laughs> but if I put a, a price on a game like Super Mario Brothers, and then the next week it's not relevant anymore, it's, it, this is a book. This isn't just a, a printable, you know. PDF form that can change and you can print your own. Um, so basically what I said was, all right, so I'm mixing that. So on it, you're gonna have a box art on each game. And then underneath that, it's gonna have the year it was made, the developer. Um, and underneath that's gonna have three boxes. You can check more cart, instructions, and box. So if you have the cart, if you have the instructions, and you have the box, what you can do is you can check mark if you have those. And it's just going to be a box, so you can highlight them if you want, whatever you want to do. Uh, and then underneath that, there's going to be like a little divider line. And underneath that's going to have an action shot of the game. So like an actual screenshot from the game, which to me was actually surprising on how many games 
I didn't really recognize because I have only collected and not played everything yet. So my backlog is like thousands of games right now. Exactly, man. So I was sitting there looking at games. I'm like, Abadox. Wow, that game looks really awesome. Like I was like, I need to fire that game up. Like so, it's actually got me to play a lot of games that have taken shelfware for me. Um, and then I write a small flipping underneath each one. So doing, you know, over 600 games, it's been a little bit hard to get unique summaries for each one. Look at RBI Baseball, one, two, three, four, four-wheel fortunes, you know, there's stuff like that. Um, so that's one of the parts where my editor's going through right now, because I did some Wikipedia paraphrasing and things like that, and he's looking at it, and he's like, all right, we're gonna rework these. And so, because I want everything to be unique. Um, the only thing with having such a small lipid is I'm going to run into the issue of not being able to tell any personal stories on there. Um, the whole beginning of the book, I have a whole you know intro where I'm telling some pretty cool stories of how I came across developing things. And in the NES section, I tell about my childhood with the NES. But I would like to be able to break those out a little bit better if I could. And so it's been it's been difficult because I've been rewording things. Um, but basically, it's. Uh, it's going to take me a day to reword the couple that he's made. There hasn't been a whole lot of those. So that's going to be the section. There's going to be three pages on each, or three games on each page. And then it's going to be, you know, each, each one's going to have an opening. So that way it's going to be pretty concise. Um, I was thinking about, you know, breaking out a few of my favorite games and doing like a review. But then I was like, man, that's going to mess with the flow of the guy. Because if you have it in your pocket, you're like, oh, i got to get through these review pages. To... I want it to be more of a collector's guide. That was my main thing. My first book, I broke out a lot of games, some of my favorite hidden gems for each generation, and wrote about them. Um, now, but this one, I wanted to be more like a something that people can have with them and a quick reference, basically. Um, so the two different versions of the book, though, I'm going to have a black and white paperback version, and that one's going to be sized so it can fit in a pocket. Um, it'd be smaller, like choose your own adventure sized book. I think that's what I use for my, because I'm also working on the choose your own adventure. Um, so a pocket sized one. And then the, the higher tiered one, uh, so the pocket sized one's $30. Um, the higher tiered one's 70 bucks. That's going to be a bigger sized hardcover full color guide. Um, I saw though a Hardcore Gaming 101 over there on the floor. They had some pretty cool uh, color ones. And their quality on the pages is different than mine. Mine are like high gloss. So I'm gonna see who he uses for a publisher and I might be able to you know, save on costs for the mass release later. But everybody's gonna get the super high quality ones for this one. So it'll be a good one to put up on your shelf on the collection. Um, and you know, you'll have this <laughs> like homage to the NES. Um, along with this, is I'm, I'm gonna have a add-ons on my Kickstarter and there's a big poster you can get of this, of this article. Uh, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna just put the complete NES without the officially licensed U.S. releases on it. So that way it's like the complete NES, and then I'm gonna have it so it's more relevant to you know put on the wall. So you don't want just a book cover on the wall. You want something that looks really cool for art. Um, so that'll be one other aspect I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to give people like a lot of cool stuff um, to go with it. Uh, also, um, for my books that I have in my collection, I use like perlers for bookmarks. So I have a couple perlers up on there so you can get a once an NES controller. I've seen them out in the con floor. The other one though is a long black, um, like three pixel like bookmark that has a mushroom on the top, Mario mushroom on the top. And that one actually peeks out of the book because that one's really cool. Um, so I have those up for add-ons as well. Um, 
So yeah, it's, that's been, did I answer all your question? Like with the with the guide or? Yeah. Uh, so is it, is it, it's just the official Yes. So that's a, a good question too because if these are officially licensed U.S. releases. So basically, how I saw it was is based on conversations that I've had on forums and things like that, talking with other collectors. Everybody considers own, having the complete NES collection as having all the games that were in Toys R Us. So all the licensed ones. Um, so basically, I've had a lot of people request the unlicensed. There's about 200 unlicensed uh, games. And I, I put it up as a stretch goal. That was like, all right, that's stretch goal number one. I will get that done. Um, and there's 200 games, so it's the formatting is what has taken me the longest. I've been working on this book for two years, and that's simply because of the formatting. I'm a perfectionist, I'm OCD. So I have to make sure every little space is perfect on it. And I've still caught stuff within like two months ago. I caught a couple spots. I'm like, oh, man. So, so I, and I've actually increased the size of each screenshot. That was another thing I just did like two months ago to make it so you can see a little bit more of the game because they were a little bit too small in those boxes. Um, so yes, yeah, so the unlicensed games will be a stretch goal. So that way it'll be in a separate section. It's not going to be intermingled with the US ones. So it'd be another section. Because my initial thing was, all right, it's like, all right I want the NES Collector. I want everything in it. I have eight books that I could possibly do. So you could do Nintendo homebrew games, games that people make. You could do all the fan translations that people put out, all the hacks, and you could do your revisions of each one. Every Famicom game that doesn't require you to know, have a grasp on the on the Japanese language. Like so, basically all the action Famicom games that were only released out there. PAL unique releases, um, all the Holy Grails such as Nintendo World Championships and things like that. There's a lot of different venues. Um, Nintendo Age, of course, to be in the sharpshooters that they are, they're like, hey, how about you do a um, do a variant book? Does anybody know anything about Nintendo variants, by the way? I looked into it, by the way. Yeah, I did. Um, so Popeye has like 20-something variants. Just Popeye. And I'm talking about like, on the bag of the box, there's an A, and then there's a C, or there's an E. And it's like the plant that it comes out of putting a different stamp on things, and everything has different little variances. And there's a couple guys in Nintendo Ways that are very first in it, but in order to have a complete variance guide, that would, that's like a lifelong project. So are you going to do this uh, like Maybe the more obvious ones, like Metroid had two different labels. Um, that's so great. That's a good point. Um, I might throw that into the Holy Grail slash section line. Because the major variance is an important piece. Because I, I figure that pretty much anybody that's doing a complete NES collection is going to get the yellow Metroid. They're going to get both gun smoke. Uh, labels, because you know there's two different gun smoke labels. One looks like a uh, one looks like a Clint Eastwood cover. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, and you know they want to get both. Uh, what is it? Both Grey Zelda's, both Grey Adventure of Links. Um, there's some notable re-release ones that are basically considered canon for a complete collection. Um, I've been thinking about throwing that in, maybe on the tail end, just because hey, if you want to, these are optional collections, and I could throw this. This on there too, yeah. Optional collection since it's with the Kickstarter campaign, it'll only go to the Kickstarter backers. That, that, that this is in there, so that'll be a unique part about the book because the main book I want to keep it as canon as possible. Um, but yeah, that, that's a really good point too. Um, and that's the other thing. This whole Kickstarter campaign, I'm me. This is who I am. You're talking. To me. This, if you see me on the floor, you see me wherever. He, he can attest. 
I was rooming with him all week and I feel bad for the guy. But, uh, <laughs> but like, I'm me. So the thing is, is throughout this campaign, I'm gonna try to update as much as possible. I already set out the day one update, saying we hit over 50%. Um, today it'll be like, hey, we're almost at two thirds funded today. That's awesome. Um, and basically what I wanna do is create things like, hey, what, what ideas do you have that can make the book better? And that's a great one. Where it's like, hey, do you wanna maybe put, throw that into the section? Um, if we hit a certain stretch goal, like if we hit the book stretch goal, I was thinking about making a Holy Grails one, a stretch goal, like put an NWC, all the test cards, the, the yellow Zelda. Um, I might just throw that in there with the, you know, the unlicensed ones, because there's not a whole lot, there's like 20. And if I'm doing an extra 200, I can throw 20 on them and do some cool pictures more and things like that. Um, but yeah, that was a good one. What about you? What questions you got? You walked in, man. What's up, uh, safe points? <laughs> What's up, safe point video game? Walking away. Yeah, yeah that's uh, what we do, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see. Yeah, so yeah, so like it's it's been pretty cool. It's been a crazy ride. Um, the one thing about Kickstarter that I underestimated was the amount of time it takes to get it right. Um, because you had these guys that recently are big companies that have gotten in the Kickstarter game. You had the Bloodstain, which was the Castlevania one. Um, you have the one that just came out with Shenmue 3. Uh, and the thing that I noticed, because I'm an analyst by trade, the thing that I noticed was, oh, these two look identical. You had the, the whole thing where you had the, you know, the artwork, and then you had a breakdown of the files of the guys, then you had every tier broken out in the picture. So me being the person that I am, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna match that. So mine looks kind of like theirs. The only thing I didn't like was on the bottom of each one of those, they had this little chart thing. I didn't like the chart thing, so I didn't put that if backers asked me for it or something, or they're getting confused, maybe I'll put it on there. Because um, mine has one extra complexity onto it, and that's the add-on system. The add-on system on my Kickstarter is a little bit different than other people have done. Uh, other people have just like kind of asked questions. I preemptively saw it coming because there's three parts of the project. We got the book, people are gonna want the book. People are gonna want the game, people, and there's gonna be garbage pail collectors, garbage pail kit collectors, they're gonna want the artwork. So I'm like, well, if people wanna get all of them, I'm gonna create a couple combination tiers. And I created a, quite a few combination tiers, and they've all been popular, actually. More, more people have done the combo tiers than the individual tiers. But what, what I tried to anticipate was, all right, so say you like the book and you want two copies of the, you know, the black and white one, one to give like a family member or, or a friend who collects who doesn't have Kickstarter or give it to him for a gift. Well, I don't want to make art right, double tier, triple tier, quadruple tier, and for every single item that we're releasing. So I just created an add-on section, and I have two different you know icons, and it shows exactly what we have. And I said, here, please put this in there for uh, shipping, for general shipping. So that way, if you want extra items, all you got to do is add it to your Kickstarter uh, backing fund, and then. When I send out my survey later, all you guys say is, hey, I had this extra money for this, this, and this. Um, and then I'll just make that happen. It's not an issue. Uh, now I'm gonna send out the survey early. I'm not gonna wait like a year like some of the Kickstarters have because if people back things, I gotta make them. So <laughs> like if, with the add-on system, I gotta be able to make that on the spot. Um, one other aspect that I haven't talked about yet is that we're actually matching $1 for every backer that backs our um, campaign, and we're donating to Kowalitz Gamers for Kids charity. And we're, so we're doing one per backer for that. And then on the other side, I did a what's called for where the money goes video, and because nobody really is transparent on where the, all the Kickstarter money goes. And I talked about the overhead. 
Um, Kickstarter overhead, you have to estimate around 10% the Kickstarter is going to take, 5% um, the PayPal is going to take, and with the shipping costs. They charge me to charge you for shipping. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so, so basically I did that plus how much it takes to make the items and things like that, and I call it overhead. It's the overhead for the campaign. And so the overhead I estimated at 25%, and everybody told me, like, get around 30. And I was like, I'm gonna do 25%. If I'm, and the thing is, if I overestimated, I've already talked with Rob, developer for Slidog, we're gonna donate all the overhead that's left to um, Children's Miracle Network and Autism Research Institute. Um, we can't do like a, a backer tier for donations because that's against the Kickstarter rules for some reason. But we can use our money that we've made that's overhead and donate that. So I figured like, I mean, we're indie and I support all of those charities anyways, like on a personal level. So if I actually can give to those, I figure that way you're not like, hey, so these guys are pocketing lots and lots of money. It's like, no, what we're doing is we're making the items. You know, we get a modest amount per item. I think it's like, I get like five bucks a book or something. It's how much I'm personally taking it's like for writing for two years. I figure that's fine. I'm not, not greedy really. It's, I'm not doing this to make money. I'm doing this because I'm passionate about video games and I love what I do. And since I've taken to writing, I'm like, yeah, I might as well just, you know, keep going with it. Um, so yeah, so the whole um, charity thing though has been an inspirational thing because some of the people have like have already told me their thanks for promoting them in day two. They're already like humbled by that we're actually putting out their charities out there and things like that because not enough people do that. Um, so yeah, so as I said, I go around like on, on my podcast, we float down the river a little bit talking about stuff. That was a good question though. Any other questions on the horizon? I got to What's up, um, oh, no, how, you can do 20. How close are you to funding? All right, so uh, we're almost at two-thirds funding. We're pretty close to 10,000. I make it a habit of not checking the phone because it's one of those things where it's like, all right, what do I got? What do I got? And we're hanging out at a convention. I want to enjoy the convention. So um, throughout the rest of the week, I probably <laughs> not the convention hanging out. But um, basically, I've been checking it every night and in the morning. Um, I checked it in the morning, and I think we were like, about a few hundred away from hitting 10,000. Like we might be at around 9,000 right now or something like that. And I've, I've had my phone buzzing a couple times with a couple new backers today. Uh, and this morning we uh, got featured on RetroCollect.com, which is like, that's who I go to to find retro stuff. Like, yeah, so we're on the front page of that. They only talked about the book though. So, and he has featured their um, Rob's games before from SlideDog. So I'm like, maybe he's gonna do another article. If not, I'll just contact him and be like, hey, uh, you left the game stuff out. That's a cool aspect, <laughs> new RPG. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so that's up on their, their main page. Um, I do know a couple of the YouTube, um, popular YouTubers have backed it already. I know GameStraight once backed it. Um, he said, oh, I'm gonna tweet this out soon after the weekend. <laughs> so I was like, basically what I've been asking everybody, if anybody backs it or it sounds cool to you and you don't have the funds to back it either way, at least spread the word for us because you know, I'm one person, I can only do so much promotion. I mean, I'm here trying to you know, promote it you know, as much as I can and things like that. And I'm just trying to do everything, you know, as, as go as far as I can, but if everybody helps, it, it makes it a lot easier and it goes a lot further. Do you have posters? Do you have posters or handouts or flyers? Um, I do have flyers. Yes. Yeah, I do have flyers. Everybody can grab a flyer actually if you want to. Um, 
afterward or during. It doesn't matter. You can pass them around if you want to grab one. Yeah. Um, it's double sided, so it has both artwork. So it has this artwork up. Five minutes? Cool. Um, yeah, and this panel I knew it was like 45 minutes, like I'd have enough to touch on all the things. Um, and so if you have any questions on this Kickstarter, message me on Kickstarter. I'll respond. Um, I go through it constantly and try to respond to everybody as quickly as possible. Um, a few of those people here that have been making games have already you know, messaged me about collaborating and things like that. Um, so I'm going to definitely you know, make sure that people are aware of their you know, products too. But, um, but yeah, that's, yeah, I'm going to have posters later. Um, the, the only thing is, though, is I'm, this whole campaign, I'm not actually um, printing extras. Everybody that backs everything is going to be unique to this Kickstarter. Um, and I'm not even sure if Rob, when he does the regular release of Black Box Channels, if he's going to use the same artwork. He might choose something different for the actual release, which means that everything would be exclusive from Kickstarter. If I find that out, I'll put that out on, on a backer update for sure. Because that's something people need to know. Hey, this is going to be the only version. There's people that collect variants out there. So they'll go nuts for that kind of thing. I'm not trying to make it ridiculously hard to collect for, honestly. I just want to give backers really cool things that they can grasp. That's, that's really my goal. Um, and, you know, the, the fact that I'm able to actually promote this has been a really awesome thing. And that, the fact that it's actually getting some, you know, notice just shows me that, you know, when you find the right thing, you can actually, you know, push forward and make it happen. That's been my goal thing. Do you have a website? Do I have a website? I do. It's Hagen's Alley. So, like, my last name is Witten Hagen. Hagen's Alley uh, WordPress.com. So... Um, and I, I think I have it linked on the Kickstarter and things like that. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. I'm, I think the Twitter though is just for the BGBS gaming podcast. But I push, I'm pushing all my updates through that Twitter too. Um, I have a YouTube page, a really old one where I used to do unboxings with a really bad camera back in the day. It's pretty cool. Retro TV goes, no. Retro <laughs> Wear TV. <laughs> they looked at my, uh, some of my reviews because I was just doing like uh, different types of uh, footage. And now that I have a decent camera, because that iPhone takes uh, 60 frames per second 1080p, like I can probably do some legit reviews now. Because all the videos you see on my Kickstarter were all one take. I didn't really stumble that much. You'll see a couple cuts where I had a, cut, a few like stumbles in there, but it was all one take. Because I mean, I do a weekly podcast. I I do briefings and things for a living. So it's, and I've done speaking in public before. Um, so it's not a big thing for me to record on video. It's nothing really bothers me. So it's it's been it's been interesting though because a lot of people are like the video is the hardest part of Kickstarter because you're gonna sit there and you have to either pay somebody to do it professionally or or you're gonna have to um, you know take take forever to do it. Is that the piece? Is that two minutes? Oh yeah. All right. So is there any other questions? Maybe anime experts. When is Anime Expo? Next weekend. Here? No, actually in California. California? Yeah, anime driving. Expo. We're driving there. Can, I take <laughs> Can you take this with you? That's his box. You have to ask him. You have to ship it to him. That's up to him. Huh? <laughs> That's up to Nia. That's up to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, or you can take a few extras of these too. That would work too. Um, but yeah, so 
I appreciate everybody for coming and taking your time out of your day to come listen to me blabber on about some awesome opportunities for Kickstarters. I mean, I'm excited for this. I mean, this is something that going on this big of a scale has been like a dream come true. One of my bucket lists was to get featured on Retro Collect someday. So I got that today. I'm like, oh! <laughs> I think the next one is, is like Nintendo Age. I, I should be on their front page. But basically, Nintendo Age, they've already kind of backed me a lot of the collectors. So it's not like that, that one's going to give me a lot of backing, but it's pretty cool. But all right, I thank everybody for your time, and uh, I'm getting the eye from that guy right there. I like it. <laughs> thank you very much.